1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Before that, however, we'd like to do our review from last week. Last week we discussed the difference between the faith in Christ and the faith of Christ. Remember that? Uh, so just as a review, faith blank Christ is our faith, our faith, okay, our faith, that we place in Christ and the gospel resu- resulting to salvation. What's the answer? Yeah. In Christ, amen. Which means, there's only two of them anyway, so the next one would be off, right? Faith of Christ is the summation of Christ's perfect life, obedience, faithfulness, dependability, and trustworthiness that makes salvation for all men possible. So, uh, and, and we talked about this last week, um, a doctrine that is not very much discussed in many churches these days, the difference between faith in Christ and faith of Christ. And one, one thing that we talked about was that really if somebody questions their salvation or somebody questions the Bible, can God, have, can God provide a perfect salvation? You know what's being put in trial? It's actually the integrity of the Almighty God. Remember that? We talked about that last week. So if God is perfect... Can He really provide a perfect salvation? Amen. If God is perfect, can He really provide a perfect gospel? Yes, He can. If God is perfect, can He really provide a perfect Bible? Yes, He can. Amen. So that's why it is so important to discuss these doctrines. Uh, Today, however, we're going to discuss why Satan hates the mystery. And what mystery is that? We'll talk about that here in a bit. It's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster today. Um, first, we'll lay some groundwork, then we'll talk about some scary but exciting but also scary stuff. <laughs> um, then we'll talk about some mind-sobering serious things. This is all a part of getting our hearts back into, remember, one of our goals, which is, by the way, at the back of that Bible reading list there, my heart standeth in awe of thy word. That's our goal, is to, to bring our hearts back into that. Now, I'm not saying your hearts are not there. Maybe it's there. Praise God if it's, it is. If not, then at least we have a direction of what we want to do. Amen. Amen. So, uh, um, it's all part of getting our hearts back to standing in awe of God's Word. Let's pray first, shall we? Father in Heaven, thank You, Lord, for uh, Your words. And Lord, in a time and place when people would rather be entertained by church services or in church services, we ask you, Lord, that you would set ourselves aside, each and every one of, a, of us, most especially myself, set us aside that we can just understand and just dive into your word and, and enjoy it there, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, let's start verse number 1. The Bible says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, who is writing over here? It's the Apostle Paul, correct? Who is that I? That's not Brother Francis. That's the Apostle Paul. Who is he speaking to? Who is that brethren? It's the Christian, Christians at Corinth. Amen. So let's have that established first and foremost. So, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech 
or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. So if the Apostle Paul was alive today, he probably would not be one of those megachurch preachers because he did not come in excellency of speech. He was not, if you will, like a preacher with a golden tongue. He came uh, declaring unto the Corinthians the testimony of God. For I determined, this is the Apostle Paul, not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The Apostle Paul said, and praise God for preachers who are like this, I don't have any hidden agenda with you guys. I just want to preach the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number three. Uh, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And that's really, we have to understand that preachers, not really not just preachers, every Christian, every Christian, if we want God to be the one that's strong in our lives, then we have to let him be strong and us weak. Amen. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So that's what our goal is during preaching. I don't know if you've noticed, but most of our preaching is just power packed with verses. Did you notice that? Because if I just grab one verse and then preached out of my own wisdom... It's just going to be chaos. It's, number one, it's not biblical. Number two, it's just not going to be feeding anyone. Our biblical food, our spiritual food, is the Bible, not the words of Brother Francis. Amen. Um, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse number five, that your faith, should not stand in the wisdom of men. Where does your faith lie? What is the basis of your faith? What is the basis of our faith? The Bible? Or things that we heard on Twitter? Or things that we saw on a bumper sticker somewhere? These are all wisdom of men. The Bible says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How be it, we speak wisdom among, you, among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that, co- that come to naught. Here is our text verse that we want to we focus on. Verse number seven. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So, Guess what the definition, the Bible definition of the word mystery is? Hidden wisdom. It's the definition that the Bible gives the world, the word itself. It's not, I did not pull that from Webster's or the 1828 dictionary. That's the Bible. The Bible gave that word, that definition. Um, So we'll talk about what that mystery is here in a bit. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world Unto our glory, watch this, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they knew it, 
they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So we know that the princess that they're talking about over here, that the Bible is talking about here, is just like one, just the same, the same term that God used when he said, the prince of the power of the air. Who is that? That's Satan. If Satan knew what he was doing, if Satan knew that the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is necessary for the salvation of man, guess what he would do? Whoa! I'm not going to allow that to happen. I don't want people to be saved. I'm going to stop. I'm not going to crucify him. Let's continue for the sake of, uh, of, of our text over here. But as it is written, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed them unto us by his Spirit. So there is a mystery that was kept hidden, a hidden wisdom that was kept hidden that even the devil himself did not know. But the Apostle Paul says, God had revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So from 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 1 to 10, again, we're just laying groundwork here, okay? And then we're going to talk about some fun things, but scary things, but fun things, but scary things. And you'll know why later on. From 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, we learn that there was wisdom hidden from a group of people, and we now know that that includes the devil. And this hidden wisdom is called a mystery. Am I there? Yep. Number two, that this mystery is now revealed unto us by the Spirit. Number three, that the Spirit used the Apostle Paul to reveal this mystery to us, not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And number four, that Satan also did not know about the mystery because if he did, he would not have crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go back to our chart. Maybe, maybe by the end of the year, you guys will probably memorize our chart over here. You can draw it yourself already. <laughs> so over here, there was, over here we know, the Apostle Paul says, we know what that mystery already is. It was revealed unto us by the Spirit, and he used the Apostle Paul to reveal it to us. Amen. Over here, guess what? Do you remember? Do you remember the time when the Lord Jesus Christ said, all right, Apostle or Peter, I'm going to go down to Jerusalem. They're going to crucify me, and then, but on the third day, I'm going to raise up this temple. You know what Peter said? I'm just paraphrasing, but he did not say this. But basically, the thought was kind of like, over my dead body. That's not going to happen, Lord. You know what the Lord Jesus Christ was telling him? Essentially, his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? But they did not know that back then yet, that that was essential into our salvation. Now, when we look backwards to the Scripture, hindsight is always twenty twenty. yes? 
Now, when we look, thank you for that timely, <laughs> timely exp- uh, illustration. Now, when we look back to the scriptures from the year 2020, we immediately understand, especially when you're saved, hey, now we know what they're talking about. The ark, we know that it's, the tar- it's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. But did they know that back then? It's a mystery to them. Because if they knew it, guess what Satan would do? Let's not allow, the, let's not allow Jesus Christ to be crucified. So here, it's revealed unto us. Okay? Now, I know that was a basic rundown. We'll talk about that some more later on. Before we understand how Satan operates in our time, in his deep-seated hatred of this mystery revealed unto us, we must first understand who he was and what his ultimate, ultimate goal is, goals are. So I ask, who was Satan before he became Satan? Who was Satan before he became Satan? I tell you what some people, you know, I tell you what some people have, uh, some people just have a sloppy understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ today. That's just a fact, amen? And we're guilty of it sometimes if we don't read the Bible. As well as a sloppy understanding of how Satan works today. This is probably out of years and years of weird teaching from people who also had, who, who were also beguiled by Satan and therefore was taught sloppy Joe doctrines as well. Okay. So I heard it before. This is what I thought as well before. This is what I thought before, okay? So uh, who was Satan? His name was Lucifer and he was a fallen blank. Was he? Okay, well, let's look at the Bible. Because that's what I thought before as well, okay? Well, yeah, I tell you what, something happens when you read the Bible, amen? This is our spiritual book. This is our spiritual food, all right? Ezekiel 28, let's, uh, I mean, just, just while you're reading. Ezekiel 28, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone, this is Lucifer, Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, and the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. So this is what his body was like. Ask whether it's an angel or whatever. All right? We'll, we'll see what, what, what it was. But in addition to all these precious stones, guess what else he had in him? The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee the day that thou was created. You know what that is? That's right there. It's like an organ. Back during the olden times when they did not have, uh, they did not have electric organs yet, they had, most of the organs back then you have to pump so that there would be air. Do you remember that? Or have you, have you guys seen any of that doll? And they have tablets and pipes. That's why you've heard preachings that says Lucifer was so good at music. And maybe you've heard some preachers say he was the song leader in heaven. Have you heard that before? It's because of this verse over here. But watch. Ver- the next verse. Verse number 14. Thou art the anointed, what? Cherub. Cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so, thou wast 
upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. In verse 15, thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. He was perfect in his ways before, before Lucifer fell. All right? But in the Bible, um, there are three different kinds of heavenly beings other than God. There are seraphim, there are angels, and there are cherubim, right? Seraphim, angels, and cherubim. <coughs> seraphim, if you go to Isaiah chapter number 6, you don't have to go there right now. These guys have six wings. With twain, they covered their faces. With twain, they covered their feet. And with twain, they did fly. And all they, did, and all they do was fly around the throne of God and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then there are angels. Again, this is what I thought before... We read the Bible. Amen. <laughs> Angels in the Bible do not have wings. And actually, all of them are male. There was only one instance in the Bible when, where a female angel-like beings with wings came out in the book of Zechariah, and they turned out to be Demons. Now, please don't understand that I am not trying to start a war between genders over here. That's not what we're trying to say. We're just trying to be true to what the Bible says. And then some, because I've preached this before and somebody got mad and said, What? Are you trying to say that people cannot, that women cannot be angels? That's not at all what I'm trying to say. Do you know that when we get to heaven, the angels are, I mean, that, that when, when we get saved, the angels rejoice? Do you know that there is a song that the angels cannot sing and that's Amazing Grace, how, how sweet the sound, that saved the wretch like me? Amen. And then there are cherubs. Um, I'll tell you what, if I was walking down an alley and I, found, and, I, and I found a cherub, guess what? I'd probably run the other way. <laughs> you know why? Because cherubs are not... Little cute, little chubby little babies with wings and with a bow and an arrow with a heart at the end of the arrow. But that's what society has, has taught us. Amen. Now, Satan, Lucifer, was not an, an angel. He was a cherub. Not only a cherub, he was the anointed cherub. Right? But, you know Why? We think he's an angel? Look at how wise this guy is. I told you, it's, we're talking about fun stuff now. It's fun and scary. Look at how wise this guy is. You know why we think he's an angel? You know why? I thought he was an angel before we read our Bible, before we dove deep into our Bible. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no marvel. <laughs> Don't be surprised why you think he's an angel. No marvel. Why? Because Satan, what? For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. You ever seen, some of you probably seen some of those movies called The Transformer. 
That doesn't have to do with anything that's in a post, an electric post, okay? That's not the transformer we're talking about. It's robots that transform themselves into cars. They're not real cars, but they transform themselves into robots, okay? Same thing. Lucifer was an anointed cherub, was not an angel, but guess what? He transformed himself into an angel, and not just any angel, an angel of light. So can you see how, how wise this fellow is? Now, what do they look like? Ezekiel 10, verse 14, look at how wonderful this Bible is. Ezekiel 10, verse 14, and we're going to compare it, and then we're going to use uh, the, the um, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things and then the method of deduction. Look at Ezekiel chapter 10, verse 14. And everyone had four faces. By the way, before I go forward, do you remember in the book of Ezekiel, some people would use that, that book to prove that there are flying saucers flying around? <laughs> because Ezekiel saw the wheel in the middle of the air. The wheel of Ezekiel isn't actually a flying saucer. They are actually flying cherubs. Like I said earlier, if I saw a cherub down, down uh, an alley somewhere, I'd probably run the other way. Because cherubs have four faces, one of them dominant, and then they have four wings in each side, back, uh, back forward, side, left and right. And then they have four arms under each wing. And when they flew, they flew, they hovered sort of like, a helicopter, I guess, and that's what Ezekiel saw, and he thought it was a wheel. You still with me? <laughs> why, why are we talking about this about Satan at church? So we know how he operates. Amen. Um, so, and everyone had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub. Aha, so we have the face of a cherub. The second face was the face of a man. And the third, the face of a lion. And the fourth, the face of an eagle. Now, I'm going to cross-reference that with Ezekiel chapter number 1, which says, As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, and the face of a lion on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side, and they four also had the face of an eagle. So by the method of deduction and comparing spiritual things with spiritual, what do I find? We both have the face of a man. We both have the face of a lion. We both have face of an eagle. But God in His infinite wisdom, so He can tell us what the, the dominant face of Lucifer was, the, the anointed cherub says, the face of a cherub is a face of an ox. What? I thought he was a serpent. Right? In Genesis? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Look at Genesis chapter number 3, verse 14. Serpents are reptiles, right? Not mammals. Look at Genesis 3, verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, We know who that is. That's Satan. Because thou hast done this, Thou art cursed above all reptiles. No. Is that what I said? Thou art cursed above all cattle. Is it any wonder why when Moses was on top of Mount Olives to get the Ten Commandments, 
Wait a second. It was not Mount Olives. It was Mount Sinai. <laughs> Good catch, everyone. Uh, to grab the Ten Commandments. Remember what he was doing up there? He was grabbing the Ten Commandments. And God, I love this, brother. Brother Bill, God, if you read it carefully, it says God was writing himself with his finger, with the finger of God on those tablets of stone. Whew, to be there to watch all this. Probably when we get to heaven, there'd be like a huge TV. All we can do is watch the real history channel or ask God himself how it happened. Amen. I don't know about you, but I get excited about things. I get excited about the Bible. Amen. So when Moses was on top of Mount Sinai picking up the Ten Commandments from God, guess what? Guess what Aaron, his brother, was doing down there at the foot of the, uh, of, of the mountain? Exactly. Exodus chapter number 32, verse 3 and 4 says, And all the people break off the golden earrings. He said, all the Israelites said, Aaron, Moses has forgotten about us. God has forgotten about us. Let's build our own God. And Aaron did what most pastors would do. Well, let's pass the offering plate. (laughs) He passed the plate and everyone broke off their earrings and everything that has gold and says, uh, and all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them in their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. The Bible is true. Moses came down and said, holy cow. <laughs> you know, I was waiting to do that. <laughs> Nobody taught them to do that. I'm sure there were heathens around, the, around Israel and during that time that were worshiping Satan, but they were not in the camp of Israel. I'm sure they've infiltrated that. But how would they know to make a holy cow or a golden calf? Because that's what Satan is. Amen. That's how, what he looked like. Now, let's talk about Satan's goal. And if you are with if you have your Bibles with me, I'd like you to open to Isaiah chapter number 14, please. And just keep it there for the rest of the message. We're almost done. Isaiah chapter number 14. Let's talk about the I wills of Lucifer. What was his goal? So we understand how he operates. Let's talk about his goals, his I wills. Isaiah chapter number 14, verse number 12. How art thou fallen from heaven? Am I here? Yeah. How, sorry. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? So we're talking about Lucifer here. For thou hast said in his heart, look at his five I wills. This is his goal. I will ascend into heaven, number one. Number two. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Number three, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Number four, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Last but not the least, I will be what? Like the most high. 
Do you realize that if we use the term that Christianity or that religion today has given the term Christian, you know, people call, the the term Christian right now is defined as being Christ-like. Have you heard that before? Do you realize that if we use that definition, Satan has got us all beat? I know that's bad English. (laughs) Do you realize that if we use that term, Satan is the most I use the term loosely, Christ-like, because that was his goal from the beginning. I want to be like the Most High. In a perverted way, of course. Now here's the message. Um, before, well, before the message, by the way, that's his goal from the very beginning. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. If, we are, if, if you have any question about it, Look at how he's tried to be like the Most High. And we're not going to go through all of this. The Lord Jesus Christ is the angel of light. Satan transformed himself as the angel of light. God is light. Amen. Satan, the word Lucifer means Luxfero or bearer of light. Over here, Jesus is the prince of peace. Satan is the prince in the power of the air. Jesus is the Messiah. Satan is the anointed one. He is the anointed cherub that covereth. Guess what? Jesus Christ ministered for 42 months in this world. Three and a half years before he got crucified. Guess what? The Antichrist is also going to rule and reign for three and a half years. The second half of the tribulation. He is like a ser- he's likened to a serpent. Remember? Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ was... Uh, is a pig, or sorry, that serpent that Moses raised up in the desert, so everyone that was bit by bitten by a serpent would get healed if they looked at them. Jesus Christ is a picture of that. Guess what? This Satan is devil beguiled as a serpent. Jesus was hung, Jesus hung on a tree. Cursed be cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Galatians three thirteen. But also so did the son of perdition. The goal of the devil was to be is to be like. Christ, like God. So you know what? If the devil is going to entice any one of us here, any saved person, whether you're in here or in internet land, he is not going to give you like an over-the-top demonic thing that is so easy to detect. He is going to, he's going to try to get us by offering us something that is close to what God has to offer so we will fall for it. Amen. Here's the message, then we're done. Two more message, then two more verses, then we're done. If Satan has been trying to be like God from the very beginning, wouldn't he also have people that are just like real believers? If Satan has been trying to be like God, wouldn't he also have preachers and Bible scholars that are just like the real preachers and Bible scholars? Wouldn't he have music that are just like that is just like real Christian music? Wouldn't he have a message that is just like the real gospel? That's why the book of Galatians gives us the definition of the term another gospel. And what is that? It is the real gospel plus perversion. Even just a little bit of perversion, God says that's another gospel and you're not supposed to have anything to do with that. 
It's the gospel plus or minus nothing else. It's the Lord Jesus Christ plus or minus nothing else. Amen. And wouldn't you think if Satan has been trying to be like God, wouldn't he also have Bibles that are just like the real Bible? Amen. You're still in Isaiah chapter number 14. Amen. Uh, Look with me, if you will. You don't have to. You can check it out later on. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? And right next to it, if you have a pen, you want to write down Revelation chapter number 22, verse 16 in that margin. Because uh, in Revelation chapter number 22, verse 16 says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel, you don't have to go there, to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Do you know that song, The Lily of the Valley? I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The Lily of the Valley, the bright and morning star. And some Bibles, however, have the Lord Jesus Christ kicked out of heaven. The morning star is the Lord Jesus Christ. Some Bibles have the Lord Jesus Christ in this verse kicked out of heaven. It's supposed to say, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the mornings? Some, uh, some, some Bibles have, How art thou fallen from heaven, O morning star? Do you really honestly think this is a coincidence? Hmm. Satan hates that he was wrong. To prove it, do you think that he had a hand in crucifying the Lord Jesus Christ? Sure. In Luke chapter number 22, verse 3, he says, Then Satan and then entered Satan into Judah, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. But in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7 to 8, he says in the very last part, which none of this princes, the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Satan hates the message of the gospel that was dispensed to us by the Apostle Paul. How that Jesus Christ died according to the scriptures, was buried in the third day, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. He will do anything and everything Everything to get anyone, including you and me, off track. Be careful. Be very careful. He's not going to, he's not going to snare you with a Bible that says the devil's Bible because you're not going to fall for that. He's going to snare you with a Bible that says holy Bible with a little bit of he- here taken away, a little bit there changed. He's not going to snare you with a gospel that says the gospel of devil, the devil. He's going to snare you with the gospel with a little bit here change and a little bit there change. So you will be confused. He's not going to snare you, ladies and gentlemen, with real, you know, with, with, with real Bible believing Christianity. Or sorry, with, 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 uh, with uh, hell or the devil-believing Christianity. That's, he's, he, he's not going to snare you to go to the church of Satan. Why? Because that's too obvious. He's going to snare you with some sort of Christianity that's not digging deep into the Word of God, not learning, not, not sharing to other people how they can really be saved by the gospel. Why? Because we can fall for that. 
Be careful. Be very careful. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your words. We ask you, Lord, to help us. Be very wise about what the devil is doing, what Satan is doing. I know he hates the message that we're teaching and we're preaching. Please, dear God, open our hearts and our minds. I know that sometimes we let our emotions rule us, including myself. I am the number one who's guilty of that. But help us to set our emotions aside and just let the Bible rule. And, uh, help us to love your words and to keep them, dear God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.